0: Welcome back to the Sisters in Sustainability podcast. As always, we are here to talk about the impact that women from all over the country are having on the modern sustainable development movement and how their passions are helping to achieve the United Nations 17 Sustainable Development Goals. This week from Montana, we are joined by Carmen Macias. Carmen, thank you so much for being here with us today. If you wouldn't mind taking a second to introduce yourself and let
1: everybody know what it is that you do. Oh my gosh, yes. Thank you so much for having me here. I am so honored to be a part of it. I love hearing about women doing some amazing things, and you are one of them, so thank you so much for having me. Um, Yeah, so I got to compete in the Montana pageant. I'm originally from Kansas, but I've been living out in Montana for the past two years. And I've just really grown to love um, the state and was so excited to represent it. And yeah, just really big into um, textile waste. So my community service initiative was called Stitch Don't Ditch. And it was all about keeping textile waste out of the landfill.
0: So for starters, can you tell our listeners what is textile waste?
1: Yes. So textile waste is it can be anything that is Um, clothing or light clothing so anything from your shirts jeans bags um, shoes anything like that so and it's it's really alarming honestly I think sometimes people don't quite know how bad it is Um, so especially the fast fashion industry is something I was really focusing on Um, you know organizations and companies like Shein, Zara, um, Boohoo are really big ones and it's just the way that they go about making clothes is kind of um, not ever gonna be sustainable. And that's kind of what I want to share about that. Um, Cause fast fashion is just basically, their whole idea is to get um, the idea. So a design, whether it's for a shirt, you know, jeans, pants, skirt. So it starts at design and get it to the sales floor in the span of 12 days which is absolutely unbelievable um, to come up with a design and then have it ready to be purchased in the matter of 12 days. So with that, a lot of things that go that fast, there's no way they can be um, equitable, sustainable, ethical. So really just showing a lot of people um, kind of the issues around that. So how
0: did you get involved with educating about textile waste? Mm
1: -hmm. So growing up, I had um, a lot of seamstresses in my life. So I'm really lucky and thankful for that. I know not everybody gets to have um, people who make stuff. So growing up, my grandma always altered, made, um, created pretty much everything I wore from my like school uniforms, I always got hand-me-downs for my siblings, and so everything was always too too long or too big or too small, and so she'd hem them, take them in, help me with that, but then for, you know, fancier things, like she made, like my first communion dress would help me make, um, well, she would alter my prom dresses for me, and just anything that I needed it, it, creative-wise, she would always kind of come up with some cool thing for that, and then likewise, my great-aunt, we spent so much time with her and she we like to call her um, Pinterest before Pinterest was a thing Um, so she always had you know all these creative things and outlets for us to do we would take scraps you know that she had from cards and we would frame them and make like Christmas decorations or we would um, you know like make dolls from extra fabric she had laying around the house and she really always just made or repaired her own things. so I think that's how I got my start in it, I really enjoyed um, having a creative outlook like that. And she also had a beautiful garden, and would compost, and um, we would always eat things from her garden too. So I think really sustainability is is a lot for my great aunt. But um, also with you know getting involved in making my own stuff, I think that's really where I got my passion from it. Because a lot of times there'd be clothing that didn't quite fit my body or I liked it, but I didn't like this part about it. And so I really wanted to get good at taking, um, you know, stuff that I saw and kind of creating it or making it my own. So whether that's making something fit me a little bit better, or maybe, you know, turning a long skirt into a short skirt and using the other fabric for other things. Um, so I think that's really got my big start.
0: So sustainable development goal. 12, which is Responsible Consumption and Production, targets the way that we use and dispose of our goods, including fashion. Uh, So it's no secret that fast fashion is a growing issue around the world as we see fashion trends rise and fall with social media. Last season, we were joined by Environmental Engineer and your new Miss Pennsylvania 2023, Miranda Moore, as she talked about her community service initiative, Take Action in Fashion. So it's no surprise that we're here talking about the impacts of the fashion industry again. Miranda's going to join us again later in the season to talk about this from the point of view of a state title holder. But, Carmen, I know that you mentioned earlier that fast fashion will never be or these companies will never be able to produce sustainable clothing do you feel that fast fashion can ever become sustainable fashion?
1: You know, I don't necessarily think anything fast is really good for us. If you think about it, whether it's fast food, fast fashion, you know, sometimes travel like airports, the emissions that, um, you know, flying in a plane give off. I don't really think that's ever necessarily going to be good for us. However, I think that Organizations and companies can be held responsible, especially the ones who are creating these. Um, if they're creating the garments, they need to be able to responsibly get rid of them as well. Instead of just dumping them somewhere, they need to, um, you know, take action and be held responsible for the amount that they're putting out there. And I think that can be done a few different ways. I mean, as consumers, it's important to know where we put our money matters. So you know, stop. Purchasing things at these places. But then I also think it's important to um, you know, have policy change and encourage, you know, policymakers to actually take take a stand against fast fashion. So I don't necessarily think that fast fashion will ever be sustainable now.
0: So what can people do to be smarter about the clothes that they
1: wear? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And this one's tricky. there's there's so much nuance with it. So, I never want to feel if you're a listener and you shop at these places, please don't feel bad. Um, it's not I'm not trying to demonize or or make anyone feel guilty. Just, um, you know, it's good to know what you're doing and be an educated consumer. So one thing that I think people can do first is stop buying stuff. You know, just look at your closet, come up with new ways to wear things, come up with um different uh different you know ideas of of putting different things with different looks um and i think we can do that by truly dressing for ourselves so with this whole stitch don't ditch um community service initiative that i had a big part of it is really understanding my own style and dressing for what makes me feel good and makes me feel confident rather than seeing oh like this influencer is now wearing this i need to go out and go get that So if I start dressing for myself and encouraging others to feel good about how they're dressing, I think that's one way that we all can kind of, you know, do that. Um, Likewise, I think being able to repair and... um, Redress some of our clothing items. So learning how to sew a button, you know, how many items of clothing are shown thrown out because the zipper doesn't quite zip right or the buttons has fallen off. You know, these are simple fixes that if we just take slow time, like sewing a button on is super fast and can be done really easy. And so Um, Showing people that these small changes really do matter, I think is important as well. And lastly, my favorite one is to um, shop either at thrift stores or do clothing swaps, which I love to do because, um, you know, my favorite, I think most everyone's favorite point of the crown is sisterhood and clothing swaps are a great way to kind of, you know, embrace that point of the crown. So one organization that I have partnered with locally here in Billings, Montana, is called... um, Switch Society. So the woman who started it, she is so amazing. Her name's Emily and I just love her so much. But um, how it works is you bring in your clothes and it doesn't have to be just, um, you know, stylish clothes. It can be like old t-shirts and, you know, jeans you don't wear anymore that are like work jeans or things like that. But you bring your clothes into the store and it's based on a point system. So you'll receive a certain number of points for each item you bring in, and they'll add it up. And then with those points, you can shop around the store for clothing you want to take home. Um, and so with that, you basically get to go shopping without spending any money. And so you can bring in all these things you're not going to wear. And maybe it's, you know, like because the t shirt can't be worn anymore, or it's just, you know, not your style anymore. And because of that, um you're able to give that shirt that isn't really getting love in your closet to someone else and they might love it and it's so fun I go with my friends all the time and you know but we'll come out of the dressing room and be like oh I don't know and everyone like gives such great honest feedback and they're like yeah it's not your color they're like oh my gosh that looks so good on you and it's just so fun to to be around um you know people who are caring about the earth but then also you know um like thrifting and doing things like that and so I I love the swap so much. I'm there all the time. And, um, it's really a great way to encourage people to, you know, see what they already have and and go from there.
0: So I know you mentioned this earlier when we were talking about these big companies, but let's talk about Shein for a second. Oh my gosh. This is a fast fashion giant. And recently it has found itself in some pretty hot water for lying to consumers and hosting, you know, fake publicity stunts to make themselves seem like a sustainable brand. Mm -hmm. We all know that Shein is bad for the planet. It's bad for the community is that it's impacting, but why do you think it is that people keep shopping from brands like this?
1: Mm -hmm. Again, with all the nuance, I think part of it is, you know, that the price tag is extremely um, tempting, right? It's really cheap. It gets to you pretty fast. And I think one thing about the way that we consume everything, but particularly fashion is we want to stay trendy and we feel like we can't wear outfits more than once. Right. So that's, that's the way that these items are being sold to us. I mean, the items usually received from Shein are not very great and they're going to be worn maybe once or twice, but they're big statement items. Right. And so if they fall apart, you only spent, you know, $4 on it anyway. So it it doesn't really, it's not something you're worth saving. Right. And then I think, I don't know if you were a Lizzie McGuire fan, but you remember the movie where she's like, Lizzie McGuire, you are an outfit repeater. So, I mean, growing up with like that mindset of like, you have to wear one outfit you know, once, and you don't want to post it again on your Instagram and things like that. I think that in tandem with the, you know, the easy price and not having to go out and shop are reasons that, um, people, you know, probably still shop there. And again, I think there are some nuance with it. I know that for plus size, um, people it's, it's easier to order from Shein because they do carry bigger, um, sizes. So I recognize that too. Um, but I think, yeah, brands like like Shein she with all the greenwashing and everything, it's it's really hard to, to see people continue to support them.
0: So switching gears a little bit, I snoop through every single one of my guests' social media because I love to see what it is that you guys do. It's how I vet all of my um, potential candidates who are going to come on the podcast. And one thing I've noticed that you do is a thrift store highlight. Can oh, yeah. you tell us all about that?
1: Yes, I would love to. Um, So another thing, too, is, you know, we talk about these, these big companies and organizations like Shein and Zara, but Goodwill is also not as great, you know, as, as much as it is a thrift store, um, the amount of clothing that gets donated to Goodwill or, you know, Salvation Army, um, it's tremendous, and they get it all for free. But we've seen recently that the big corporation thrift stores are, raising their prices to where it's not even um, really thrifting. It's like, you know, the same price at, at like Target or things like that. So one, they're raising the prices for what reason? Who knows? And then two, a lot of their stuff goes straight to the landfill as well. You know, they, they end up dumping a lot of their things because they are getting so much stuff. It's hard for them to sell and then, you know, keep all of it. So a lot of their stuff ends up getting sold per pound and then gets dumped into um, you know, third world countries. And I came across this term. This is not my term. And I apologize. I don't remember who said this in what video, but I'll find it and I'll send it to you if you want to link it into this. Um, but he mentioned that it's literally like waste colonialism. Like Americans are taking this yeah, huge. Right. <laughs> but Americans or um, typically Americans are taking this waste and we're shooting out all of these textiles and these clothing that a lot of times I, I think it's I believe it's three out of five fast fashion items don't even get sold. So three of them are just going straight to the landfill. And because of that, we're not putting them in American landfills. We're sending them to third world countries and we're sending them as waste. And we're saying, OK, good luck. I hope you can figure it out because we don't want to deal with it. So, sorry, I kind of went on tangent there, but that's what happens to all the waste. And Goodwill um, is kind of playing a part in that too. They dump a lot of stuff. So what I really like to do is encourage people to thrift first, and then not only just thrift, but go to local thrift stores. So a lot of times thrift stores, um, especially in my community, they are connected to um, a 501c3 nonprofit, and that's how they get some of their money um it's through selling you know donated items so there's a few in town that I have gotten so many good things from I got my interview dress for the Miss Montana um pageant at one of them for I think like three dollars so it was in my budget and also really cute and it worked out but um I like to highlight them because it really does make a difference for shopping local. So if you think about it, if you're the type of person who likes to shop local um, and support small business, this is a great way to do it through thrifting, because again, it's still cheap items or cheap price can be good quality items. And you're also supporting local organizations. And typically I do like to share that the local thrift stores have better prices. So Goodwill has the ability to mark up these prices, whereas local thrift stores don't. So um, I love going there, kind of highlighting all the cool stuff you can find, and then also highlighting different um, missions. I know one that we have um helps people who are recovering from addiction help them find um, housing and support them through their recovery. Another one helps um, individuals living with mental disabilities to be able to live on their own and support them through um, independent living, whether that's group homes or finding them housing as well. And then, um, There's another one, too, that I am running a blank on. Oh, it's for family services. So it helps um, families who are homeless and, you know, get them housing as well and other services for, you know, mental health and um, other counseling services as well. So not only are you keeping textile waste out of the landfill, but you're also supporting your own local community.
0: I think that's a great point. I'm a big thrift shopper. Um, I'm located in in Northeastern Pennsylvania, but I spent a lot of my summer in Cape May in New Jersey. And so if you go to any thrift store in Cape May, they are all linked to a 501c3. And so I love going there during the summer shopping Mm -hmm. and and being able to get some new fun stuff to wear for the fall or for the summer while I'm there. Um, I actually just recently got, I think it's like a brand new bag that I don't know why anybody got rid of it. Um, mm-hmm. But this beautiful little briefcase that I'm able to use for carrying my laptop around for work. And so I just I, I, I think that's a great point. I think it's also worth mentioning that big corporation thrift stores like Goodwill and especially uh, Salvation Army tend to put their money towards organizations that you might not realize they do. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that and I will totally out them. The Salvation Army supports some pretty interesting causes that i don't think a lot of people are aware that they do um there's some religiously driven causes that don't allow members of the lgbtq plus community to adopt there's some organizations that um belittle and batter women into mm. doing a number of things so mm-hmm. i implore everybody to go and do that research on your own i'm not i'm not gonna totally out them but uh it's it's always better to know where your clothes are coming from and, and the organizations that you're supporting. But I want to ask, because this is one of my favorite questions whenever I get to have somebody on the show. How did you get involved in the Miss America organization? Oh my goodness.
1: <laughs> yes. So I am um it's a really fun story. I have never thought of myself as a pageant girl which then once I started doing pageants, it doesn't matter, pageant girls can look like anything. And that's really something I came into the organization first being afraid of, then spent some time and realized, no, actually we come in all different shapes and sizes and look like every person and we want to represent all different, um, organizations and groups and people. Sorry, my dog is in here. So if you hear any jingling, that's it. but, um, but my mom originally did pageants in the Miss America organization in Kansas in the 80s and 90s, and I always wanted to do pageants as a child, but that was, like, during the advent of toddlers and tiaras, so my mom was, like, oh, no way, like, you can make that informed decision when you're an adult, which I'm very thankful she did, and then, you know, I'm 25 now, and so, Um, I saw that some posts about uh, the Montana one, and I got, you know, I talked to Allie, our um, outgoing queen, and she shared some information with me. And I was like, you know what, this might be something I could do. I love having a beginner's mindset and trying new stuff. And um, I really just want to live life to the fullest. So that's, it was just a new thing that I wanted to try. And my mom already had some um, past experience. So I was like, you know what, let's just give it a try. And so I got in contact with all the people I needed to Montana's a little different. Um, we are an at-large state, so um, you don't actually have to compete in local titles or local competitions to get a local title. You get an appointed title. Um, so I got one of those and then started, you know, preparing for Miss Montana. And um, I, I it just all fell apart. I ran into Emily and got to really work with a lot of the switch society and clothing swap stuff. Um, and then part of it too, I like to mention is because my grandmother made all of my mom's and her sister's clothes. um, I had some of her old pageant stuff that she wore. And so I actually upcycled one of her outfits and wore that for the talent portion of the competition. And it was just really cool being able to connect with my grandma, and then connect with my mom through all of this. And it was uh, really powerful to kind of give back in a small way to the women who raised me, um, they were cheering me on the whole way and it was really cool. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of got involved that way. And then after I love it so much, I was really hesitant. I didn't quite know what it would be like, but oh my gosh, I have never felt so confident. I have never felt so supported. I have never felt so, um, I don't know, just so loved, honestly, there's just so much joy in it. And I, the people at the Montana um the board they are so great all of the girls I competed with so great so I loved every part of it and I'm gonna keep on going so we'll see
0: well, I was going to ask what comes next for you in your <laughs> miss Montana journey but I'm glad to you know that you'll be back I always love hearing women talk about how they fall in love with this organization even if you've only been in it for a few years, I've done this, God, I'm going on 11 years and I want to throw up thinking about that because (laughs) I don't know how it is at all possible that I've been a part of this organization for 11 years or how that time went so quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, But I agree. I love it. And you know, there's the good, there's the bad, there's the ugly, but it is the most beautiful organization out there. And I mean, the ability to win scholarship in and of itself, I think is a huge selling point. Um, But Unfortunately, our interview is coming to an end, which I'm devastated about because I could listen to you talk for hours. <laughs> but Carmen, I'm going to ask you the question I've ended all of our interviews with, and I'm really excited to see what you have to say. So what is one piece of advice that you would give to a young person that wants to create positive change in the world?
1: I would say trust in yourself and know that you're already taking the small step to create change by believing that you can and you want to. So start, you know, start small um, and realize that you do have the power to create change in this world and that you just having that mindset and that want and that love to create change, you're already on your way.
0: Farman, thank you so much for being here with us and for sharing your story. And God, I'm just so excited to see everything you do in your Miss Montana journey. And I can't wait to see your fabulous outfits come the next season <laughs> and everything that you're going to wear because i will be watching but to our listeners back at home you can learn more about carmen's mission by following her on instagram at miss billings montana or miss billings mt learn more about how you can achieve the united nation's 17 sustainable development goals by following us on instagram at sisters and sustainability podcast and at sustainability starts with you join the hashtag SisPodNation nation today and remember that sustainability really does start with you thanks for listening